friends, welcome back to the Collectives Conversations podcast, having conversations at the intersection of faith and life. This week, we've got Alec Bevere of the Bevere family, maybe you know the last name. Uh, he's the creative director at Messenger International, but we get into conversation about ideation and his relationship with Maddie, his wife, and how they met. She's an Aussie. You're just going to love this conversation and love Alex. So without further ado, let's get to our conversation. Friends, welcome back to the Collective's Conversation. I have a relatively new friend. We met in the back of my friend Rob. Well, you were in the back. We met in Rob Fultz's Jeep, which not everybody can say. So I've got no, Alec Bevere. I hope not, at least, because that was some funny <laughs> circumstances. But yeah. yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> Alec is the creative director of Messenger International. He's a film director, speaker, and actor. Uh, he was the co-founder of Sons and Daughters. We'll not talk about that, but he does help young adults and has a heart for young adults, which I love. Um, in his spare time, he hunts sharks and surfs snowboards. And it's even rumored you caught a wild mountain sheep in New Zealand. Now, what is a mountain sheep? Let's start there. All real things, Jeff. All all, all real things. Everything that you just read. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, a, a mountain sheep. So um, I, okay, so I love physical competitions and uh physical activities and um i've been in, in a few competitions and uh i love just the challenge whenever the like like the challenge comes up like like a physical challenge and i was on my way to new zealand and uh there's this famous rugby player and i had heard from this famous uh, uh that excuse me i heard that this famous rugby player used to train by trying to catch a mountain sheep so literally, he would go and he'd try to catch these mountain sheep, and uh, it's it's a, apparently a really tough thing to do, and because they're really good at pivoting and they're really quick on on their feet, even though you know, a sheep doesn't really seem like it's the most fierce animal, you know. Right. Uh, they're they're just very very agile and very quick animals, and so um, I was like, well, I got to do that, and then so I got to New Zealand, and literally me and like my brothers were like, let's go find some sheep, and so we went out uh, to like some mountaintop and i ran down and and i caught one and so it was it, it was actually very very tough to do um but yeah we caught it so in my mind i'm seeing like the yeah. new zealand version of rocky you know where rocky is like set in with mm. the chicken and like yes. mick is like if you can catch the chicken is it that type of thing like it's oh new my, zealand's version of rocky your mind is definitely correct it was just a way bigger playing field it wasn't just in like that okay. room that like you had to catch that chicken it was oh it was uh it it was literally like a like mountaintop like it was it was pretty crazy it was actually really beautiful too it was right next to the ocean that if you've if you ever get the chance if any of the listeners ever get the chance to go to new zealand there's sheep everywhere like it's the craziest thing there actually used to be more sheep i think in new zealand than there was humans there was like over i think there's over 140 million sheep like in new zealand wow. and so yeah so it's, it's pretty crazy but anyways um yeah i just i saw the challenge i saw the sheep we caught it and then we just pet it for like a little bit and then let it go so like it was totally fine it didn't didn't get hurt or anything yeah. so I, i've spent a little bit of time with your brother addison and arden and i know that you, yeah. the beveers are very competitive mm. so are you champion of the sheep catching or is this like a, an ongoing battle or what's what's going on with the sheep catching kind of in the beer bevere family Oh no, yeah. So, um, I mean, if 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 you want to get technical, I uh, I was the one that actually caught it, but like it was three of my brothers. <laughs> it, it was three of my brothers, and uh, 
yeah, I, I was the one that 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 caught it. But uh, no, we, we all are very, very competitive. Uh, we've all played sports. My parents actually, I think they used competition to actually just bring all of us closer together. And so growing up, we would constantly be playing games. Um, even, uh, in, in my household now, uh, that's, that's all that we basically do constantly. Like my wife and I, we are playing, uh, we really got back into cities and nights settlers of Catan and we're right. even keeping tally right now. Um, and we're keeping score of who's winning the most just cause we have a number that we're going for. And so it's, it's always a competition around here. And so it's, so is yeah, it, it's, it's is it fun. healthy? Come on. We're talking, you're pretty newly married, right? I mean, yeah. So is it, is it? between you and a healthy competition because it can get sideways quick if it gets overly competitive you know it definitely can so let me answer that question in a small roundabout way so my actually i would say that my parents used competition to help find out actually even if something was wrong with, with us kids okay. so normally you know if we'd sit down and we would uh we would uh we would sit down and start playing a game and if somebody really lost it or something like that that would actually be like kind of like a cue for like my parents of like, hey, you know, maybe something's going on within like this child, like maybe something happened at like school and stuff like that. And so my parents, I think that they really used competition in a healthy way that whenever I think it's here in marriage, I will not say that Maddie and I have never fought. Maddie's my wife. Uh, I will not say that Maddie and I have never fought during games. Uh, we definitely have had arguments, but I think that maybe my parents helped me and maddie's also had a very competitive lifestyle that we both know how to resolve competition but it's 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 all healthy it's all healthy we just love competition for yeah. competition's sake uh, and i had the opportunity to interview your mom a couple of years ago mm. on the previous podcast there with rob the leadership drip and uh i think it was a thursday or fr- i think it was a friday night yeah. and um it was fa- it was like family game night you guys were all still in colorado springs she was making some sort of sicilian something and she said to me, and I remember that she goes, there will be meatballs and crying. Like somebody was going to win and somebody was going to lose. That's right. Like the Bevere's are serious about games. Like she was, she was, and she was not the one crying. I was almost certain of that. She was going to take somebody out. That night. Oh no. My mom is ruthless. Like she is very ruthless in games, but she's, she, wait, I, I, I don't want you to get a, a bad impression of my mother. I'm just saying like, whenever you play a game, my mom and my wife, they're both pretty similar. Like my wife, sometimes she takes off her engagement ring slash wedding ring. And she's like, hey, right now we're not married because this is a game, you know. And so we, just, wow. we really get into it. And and that's how like my mom is, too. She's very. All right, let's go. We are here to play a game. And yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it, I just remember that. And your mom was funny because I remember talking to her then. And we'll get to to your story. But. Um, I think at the time, I know at the time you were not married, but your brothers were, and your mom had little hope, I think, that Alec was ever getting married <laughs> at that point. She, like, made that statement, I believe. Um, oh, but you man. have gotten married, mm-hmm. and interesting enough, Maddie is not from the States, so how no. did you guys connect? She's from Australia, so how? what's the story behind you and Maddie? Yeah, so Maddie and I, ooh, okay, do you want the long version, or do you want the uh, medium or short? Yeah. yeah. Whatever version you want to get. You know what? I'll just give you like the medium. So Maddie is correct. She's she's an Australian. Um and she um she came out to actually the US because she wanted to uh come and be a part of uh, she actually felt like God told her to come out to the US to be a part of Messenger's internship. She had a very great career uh Mm. going for her um in 
uh, Australia. She was um, she was actually in news broadcasting and, and, and she was doing really well. But then, oh, cool. yeah, I know. Yeah. And but then she really felt like she should go out to the U.S. and actually be a part of Messenger's um, internship program, uh, the, the company that, that I'm the creative director for. Um, and so at this time, I wasn't the creative director for Messenger. Um, but I saw Maddie whenever like she first came at Messenger and I just thought that she was this beautiful woman. Um, but she just would not talk to me. And, uh, I was like, oh, well, this is interesting. And I didn't know this on her side, but apparently she had heard from like a few girls that maybe I was like the one for like these girls that were also interning at the time. And then she heard oh, that from multiple women. And, and so she thought that like, maybe I was a really, I don't know, like stuck up and cocky person. And so she's like, I don't want anything to do with actually these Bevere boys. I came out here to intern at Messenger International because I want to help get the gospel around the world. And so she's like, I don't want anything to do with like these boys, right? She's like, I I'm here to do like Lord's work, which is totally fair. But she gave me the cold shoulder so hard that like, I would like literally... Cause it was, it was also my job to be like friendly and, uh, try to help include, uh, the guy interns and girl interns into any activities that we were doing. Cause even at messenger mm -hmm. international we're competing. And so I'd be like, Hey Maddie, we're playing this game outside. It's called can jam. You're more than welcome to come join. And she'd be like, okay. And then like, maybe like, she like wouldn't come out. Oh, and then like, maybe like I would like walk into like the break room and like she was there and I'd be like, Oh Maddie. So you're out here. You're from Australia. Like man uh that must be so different just being out here like how are like the differences like it, it, like are you finding this really hard to cope here in the u.s and she'd be like it's fine and i'd be like oh okay so literally she just like would not talk to me and i had this i had this thought and it was definitely a wrong thought but i was like oh no i was like this girl um i think that maybe she like might have like some sort of like social disability and she's not able to like to talk to people <laughs> i know it's definitely a bad thought but like and, and obviously i didn't even know maddie i didn't even know that she was and doing broadcasting and journalism like i i had no idea like any of these things. i, I just yeah. didn't know anything about maddie i only was around her for like a few weeks and mm -hmm. then i actually went out to california to help one of my business mentors actually start up a business school. So he asked me to come out and help him uh, with the creative oversight of that. And so uh, just lending insight with that. So Maddie finishes yeah. her internship. She leaves and she goes and she works actually now for a company out in uh, California. And so by the time that actually I left California, we like flip flop. So I never got to learn anything else about Maddie then. And again, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll wrap up this story really quick. Basically, I almost felt like God was like just trying to get us together because then we started meeting around mm -hmm. everywhere in the actual U.S. Like we just started like running into each other everywhere. So I went back out to California to um, to go crash someone's wedding. And uh, whenever I went out to go crash someone's wedding, um, the person who I was staying with, Maddie, was actually rooming in that household at that time. And so I randomly met, oh, wow. ran into Maddie and by that time, she had kind of been like, hey, you know what, like this guy, he's just he's just some guy like I, I shouldn't maybe give him the cold shoulder. So I started to learn more about Maddie. She's she's such a funny girl. Like, she's so hilarious. She's she. And then yeah. I was just like, oh, man, like, this is great. This girl's really cool. But I was like, I'm not going to start up some long distance relationship with the girl who's out here in California. I then went ahead and I traveled somewhere else. 
Maddie was there again. Um, and so we just kept running into each other and then she even got stuck out in Colorado once. And then, so we started dating just because we kept running into each other everywhere, everywhere around the U S like it was, it was pretty awesome. So, yeah. So I got to ask, you're a film guy. So is this a screenplay in the making? Like this is like so Hallmark esque or, you know, the good rom-com, you know, I feel like there's a screenplay here. You know, I have submitted it to Nicholas Sparks. I'm still waiting, waiting to actually hear back from him. I I, I thought that he would do it justice, but uh, yeah, if he doesn't get back to me, it it just might be, It, it just might be. I mean, it sounds like it. I mean, at least at least Hallmark. Or maybe we could reach out to Candace Cameron Bure and get it on her network. Oh, this feels very, you know, oh, whatever she's got going on. So <laughs> so you guys finally start dating mm-hmm. and then, then get married. And so uh, mm-hmm. tell me about the transition from the whole family, basically. I think except Austin's transition to Middle Tennessee. You're there in Nashville. Yeah. So um, tell us about that transition because, I mean, Ooh. obviously you have Snowfall today, which is nothing like what you get in Colorado. But – why the transition to Nashville? Yeah. Oh, man. That is a long answer. I will just have to give you the short of it, I think. So the, the short answer okay. is basically um, we're all very connected as a family. And one night my dad asked for a family meeting and he said, hey, family, I think we need to all move. Like we just all need to move from Colorado. Like for some reason, we're, like I'm feeling like like released from Colorado. Mm-hmm. And so during the middle of this conversation i got a call from somebody and i had to go help him with something really quick so like i ran just down the street came back and i was going to be the tiebreaker of where to move and so everyone went ahead and they shared where they wanted to move to and everyone around the table actually shared nashville that's what they had in their heart and i came back in the building not hearing anything they're like all right alec you're the tiebreaker like where do you want to go and i said you know if there's anywhere that i can move it would actually be nashville and so everyone like freaked out because like I said exactly what everyone else said. And then, mm-hmm. um, then my mother paid me 400 bucks for uh, answering, like listening to like her text about how I need to say Nashville. No, 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 I'm totally joking. Uh, no, it, it, it was, it was totally like this miracle thing that then I came back and did yeah. that. But then we then literally within like five minutes had like two confirmations that were like insane. Like there are these insane confirmations, yeah. like as in we had somebody like, put an offer on my parents' house and also somebody, a realtor reached out to my parents within five minutes of us saying, let's all move to Nashville. So it was like, it was like this crazy thing that we were just like, okay, obviously we got to do this. And so, um, we all just picked up and we came out here and there's a lot more to that story, obviously, but it was a, like, no joke. Like if you don't do this, like you're, you're not really Mm -hmm. listening to, you know, what God's trying to tell you. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, if, if our, if our listeners have picked up, you are part of the Bevere family. John and Lisa are your parents. Correct. Um, well-known authors and speakers. Your brother Addison is a, an author, Arden, an author. I think everybody in the family kind of writes, but your medium is really become film. You're the creative director for messenger international. You have made short films. You do a lot of the, um, promotional pieces for messenger, messenger international. Um, what brought about that interest in your life? Why, why that expression over some of the others that, that your family has, like the writing and the speaking? Yeah. Yeah. So, man, actually it's funny. That's, that's a great question because no one's, I don't think even asked me that on a podcast. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely try to give you the best answer possible. Um, 
to be completely honest, I wasn't trying to work for Messenger at all. I um, started off in a great career with actually Apple. Um, I oh, started wow. working with Apple. And when I was at Apple, I became actually one of the uh, youngest at 19 years old. I became one of the youngest um, uh, managers for Apple, actually, in, in the state of Colorado. And then um, I was was over a store um, in Colorado Springs and really enjoyed it and would travel around different stores and even help people uh, like learn how to interface with customers and actually uh, sell computers, but then also just meet customer needs. And then um, I really felt like, hey, there's this thing about idea creation that that I'm really, mm-hmm. you know, seeing is on like my life. And I was just like, I need to go to college and really uh, continue with this because um, it seemed like my trajectory was doing really great at Apple and I, and I could have kind of stayed there. But I was like, I need to go to yeah. college and learn about, I was like, I want to learn about ideation. And so, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, not ideation, innovation. So, so I got a bachelor's in innovation and then I also wanted to learn about engineering. Mm-hmm. So as you can see, still none of this has anything to do with film or even right. my parents, right? Um, and so... I even then started working for as a microelectronic engineer for a company called Samtech. Um, and so I was literally not doing anything with film. I wasn't doing anything with stories. In the past, I had loved doing things with film. And I actually also loved acting. I had a few people reach out to me like, hey, could you help act in this one thing? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I always just loved making funny, ridiculous videos. Um but and I guess there's kind of like this theme um, when, when I was growing up, I had somebody tell me about the scripture. It's um, what is it? It's uh, Proverbs 19. I believe it's Proverbs 19:21. It's uh, many are the plans in a man's mind, but the Lord guides their steps. And I always mm-hmm. I always felt like growing up, like I needed to really pray about every single thing that I did. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that, but I felt like sometimes I would be hindered. Um, mm-hmm. if I didn't pray about every single thing, like, like, like if I didn't seek the Lord about every single little thing, but then I realized, Hey, if you yeah. are in, if you're in the word, if you are, um, if you're not just in the word, but if you're spending time with, with God, like you're actually working on your relationship with God, you're praying, then that scripture is actually a really good scripture. It's not that you have to seek the Lord about everything. It's many are the plans in a man's heart. So literally a man can have many plants can be like, Oh my gosh, I love this thing. I should try out this. I should try out that. I should try out this, but the Lord will, will guide their steps. And so what happened was, was then I was just kind of guided over time back towards film. Um, even though I loved doing it when I was younger, it was something that actually was one of like my dreams. And then I started doing all this engineering work. Um, I had somebody reach out to me, and be like, hey, Alec, could you help direct a, a film? Like, it, it, was a, like it, was, it was like a short film. Like, hey, could you help come on and help act and write and direct this short film? So basically, they're just like, can you just do all of this? And I was like, I was uh, I was at school at the time. So I'm in, I'm, I, I was an engineering student. I was also full time at this engineering job. So I'm doing both and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, sure. Let's just, let's go for it. So went ahead and did mm-hmm. it. We shot the film and 
this was um this was a while ago but uh when when the film released it actually got six million views in two weeks and so back then oh wow that was really big i mean now on youtube you know people they can release stuff and get millions of views like the day one but back then it was like wow this is really cool um but i still didn't really think like hey i need to go for this like even though like it felt like god was showing me Mm -hmm. this i still didn't go for it and then um it wasn't until i really then was having this feeling of like i need to leave this engineering job and i'm actually going to go work with my parents so it was almost like god kept guiding me and then whenever i got there Mm. i was like all right whenever i'm here we're going to work on some films and so my, my father and i we started working on films and I started to, uh, I think I directed and produced about 16 short films with my father. And, and they're all really great. And you can even view them on the Messenger X app. And um, then uh, from there, we started building an app called Messenger X. Um, mm-hmm. And that app was very pivotal as well to, uh, to Messenger. It's, it's a very amazing app. Um, and so it kind of like, I kind of just got guided into even the, the creative director role. It's not like whenever I came on at messenger, I got the role of a creative director. Um, I kind of had to earn it and, um, yeah, it was, it it was great. So that's kind of a quick little journey of, of my life to, yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, if you're familiar with John Acuff, he's, he's a writer, Hmm. um, writes a lot about goals and different things, but he he says that sometimes our dream jobs he, he writes about goals and jobs and all this kind of stuff but he's a, a fellow believer he says are it are more a matter of recovery than discovery yeah and so i know i as in my deep research i found the early alec bevere uh youtube what oh wow um some homemade videos old school so they're still oh, out yeah. there they are um so do you think as much it was some of that that the Lord was bringing you back to something that you were doing as a kid that maybe he was putting in you all along? You know, that's a great question. I think I think the answer is yes, for sure. Um, and I think that I still needed to go and do all those different things. Um, I think God used mm. all those things. Um, I think I still did what I did, um, and it was the right order to, to actually do it. And so what I mean by that, I learned stuff from engineering that was so helpful, um, whenever it came down to being a creative director and helping, uh, with the platform of messenger X, like I learned about algorithms. I learned about coding as well. I learned about Mm -hmm. all these different things. And then I learned from being a manager at Apple um, how to manage a project. Um, I actually, um, I was, uh, I was able to lead the entire store with the launch through the through the first iPad. So I did the first iPad. I did, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. I did the iPhone four. I did the, the second iPad. So I know I'm dating myself a little bit here, but I learned from those leadership experiences as like a young uh, 19-year-old about how to really um, manage a project. And so in film, 
it is so much managing of a project. Like you, you're managing budgets, you're managing um, people, you're managing uh, time. Like it, everything is so mm-hmm. meticulous, and you have to make sure you're even managing the sun properly. Like you have to think about everything whenever it comes down to film and coordination of all these different things. And so, yes, I think that God was guiding me to this area all along, but Mm -hmm. I think he used every single step. And, and, uh, again, like, I think, uh, I think he was the one that did guide me. Yes. To, to go back to the scripture that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I've found in my own life that nothing gets wasted. Um, I've often said that, uh, people know my story. I spent two years at the state school, Mm. um, doing well, in part doing broadcasting, radio journalism, I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. I wanted to work for ESPN, all the things oh, you know, wow, that you yeah. set out to do when you're 19 and naive. Um, and then the Lord called me to ministry and transferred, went to the university to become a pastor. And then it wasn't until Rob and I started doing Leadership Drip and now this podcast that I look back and I go, something God would put in my life 25 years ago, now I'm dating myself, <laughs> um, in college radio is in this platform that didn't exist called podcasting where I'm back behind a mi- microphone. But I think it's so interesting that the Lord will set us up way back yonder for things we're doing in our future. We can look back and go, hey, I see where God was working all along. Yeah. And it sounds like your story was kind of like God weaving all these pieces together to get you to where you are now and doing the films. And you talk about Messenger X. For the, our friends who don't know what Messenger X is, give us a little more detail on what that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, sure. So Messenger X is it's actually the most translated app. Um, on the app store, uh, believe it or not. Um, and that has to go with actually interfaces. Um, it's the most translated as in it has the most translated interfaces on the app store, um, even over, mm-hmm. believe it or not, TikTok and, and Facebook. And so oh, wow. the reason why I talk about the translations is because that's exactly what it's supposed to do. So it's to help translate discipleship resources and get it to people all around the world. And so what am I saying whenever I say discipleship resources? Think about it like this. Um, Messenger is very keen on uh, translating the Bible. The Bible is the word of God. It's super important. Um, but there's lots of people who don't fully understand the Bible. And I think if, if you're somebody who is new to Christianity or if you're somebody who's been Christian for a long time or if you're somebody who's not a Christian at all and, and if you're listening to this, the Bible can be a very... Um, intimidating book sometimes whenever you're first starting off mm-hmm. with learning about the Bible. And it there's a lot of times that things just don't make sense. And uh, I know that there's a lot of Christians that maybe have read important books that have changed their lives, like Mere Christianity. Uh, Mere Christianity is a great example, I think, because Mere Christianity is a book that a lot of people um, understand how it's a book that really helps them understand biblical things a lot better. It's a good discipleship type resource and so what we do is we translate discipleship resources and get them all around the world because that book mere christianity Mm -hmm. is probably in maybe seven different languages um and i I don't know this for a fact i I could look this up but but most christian things aren't translated that often they're maybe in english spanish maybe french possibly russian but then you're missing like all of these different languages, all these different demographics. And once we've gotten the word of God into all these different countries by translating discipleship resources and not just the Bible, 
it is changing countries. Like it is, it's something that yeah. uh, government leaders like have been changed and then have like changed like their whole like nations. It, it's been things that like, um, for example, we have a book um, called The Bait of Satan. Uh, I, I know that a lot of people mm-hmm. have read that book by by John. That book is all about offenses. And that book um, was translated and there is a country that was very offended with people within the country and that's actually vietnam vietnam after the vietnam you know war there was people who actually helped out the u.s and people who didn't and that was a country that had a lot of offense towards their own people that they were upset with certain people who helped out the u.s and certain people who didn't um and so it really divided the country and we started bringing in physical resources of that book translated and also digital resources on messenger x and it started just changing that whole country that even the government reached out and has now asked if they can print literally the bait of satan and have their own government people read it and it's just a government printed book wow that is even just uh purchased through the government because it was changing people's lives so much yeah And, and and for those friends who may not know messenger international has been giving away resources for a long time, mm-hmm. like printed books, and you guys have been translating books for a long time and getting them to other countries. This is not a new initiative. Messenger X is just a new, maybe, uh, vehicle to do that, and it's made it even more accessible around the world. I remember Absolutely. Your, your dad uh, was at an event I was at with our, our local district here at the Assemblies of God, and he was promoting it and encouraging us to download it. I think it was right before the release or right during the release. Yeah. And it's just it, this immense resource of of books, of studies, of videos. I mean, it, there's no lack in it. Um, what was sort of, not the motivation, the motivation is obviously to get the gospel out, but what was sort of the, you talk about ideation. When did the idea come, like, let's mobilize everything digitally. Let's move away, mm. maybe not move away, but move toward the digital and away from the physical a little bit yeah. or less physical and in the thought that maybe we can get the digital out more spaces. Yeah, that's a that's because you talked yeah. about being an idea, idea mm-hmm. guy, which I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a that's a great, great question. And so, are you just asking in particular with Messenger X, right? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. So that was quite the journey. So it was a few days in to being on the team at Messenger that. Um, I was kind of seeing this thread and I was kind of picking up on some stuff of like, Hey, mm-hmm. these curriculums, cause we had teachings that we called curriculums back then or studies that we called curriculums. I was like, we need to make these digital that everyone could access them. And this was actually right at the time, just to put a calendar in everyone's own brain. If you remember back when Netflix Netflix was still having DVDs, but they were starting to actually have the Netflix Netflix app on people's Apple TVs um, or even just going to mm-hmm. Netflix just dot com. Um, and so I was like, you know what? These apps like um, these studies need to be on a digital platform. And at the same time, we were also working on a platform that was called Cloud Library back in the day. That was the translator portion of it. So what we did was, was we released something called Messenger Streaming. And so uh, the team came together and we're like, we're going to make something called Messenger Streaming. And Messenger Streaming 
did really great out the gate. And then it actually kind of failed. And so it was something that hmm. uh, was an amazing platform that, um, you know, had all these teachings on there and people that could access them for like a small price, but it failed. And so going back to, I feel like this is kind of like the theme of our podcast right now. Um, sometimes something may fail, but it doesn't mean that it's, it's not the right outcome even in the, the end. And so that was our first attempt. And from what I know, and you know, don't quote me on this. I didn't ever see any other ministry actually having digital, um, courses online at that time now everyone does courses like everyone does courses for every single thing yeah but at the time it was like the first time bringing a teaching to a digital platform not like or, or, or kind of like how netflix was bringing entertainment to a digital platform we, we were trying to bring teaching to a digital platform but again messenger streaming it did great at the very beginning but then it failed so then we're like you know what let's go and let's try this again. And so we came out with something then called messenger courses. And that was when things were more pronounced at this time of like courses online. So we went for messenger courses and messenger courses didn't fail, but it wasn't the right avenue. And so we're like, you know, we need to push mm -hmm. this a little bit harder and we need to figure out the right way. And so actually, hang on, I, I want to pull up something for, for all the listeners. There's this one scripture yeah. that I love. Um, it's, it's this little passage and it's talking about, uh, Paul, whenever he's on his way to, uh, to this one area, hang on. Okay. I got it right here. So it is in acts. It's an Acts 16 verse six. So this is, this is a quick little like story that's in the book of acts. And it was really impactful for me. And I, I just want to read it really quick for all the listeners, because I think it'll actually make a lot more sense here. So it says, next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia, and forgive me if I pronounce any of these names wrong, but whatever, um, and uh, Galatia, because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. So again, this is Paul and Silas. They're trying to travel somewhere, and it says the Holy Spirit had prevented them from going to a certain spot. And then it continues, all right? And it yeah. says, then coming to the border of Messiah or Messiah, or however you pronounce it, it's definitely not Messiah, but but I think it's Messiah. They headed north to the providence of Benatha or whatever, okay? And again, it says, but again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So they're literally stopped again. So it says, so instead they went through Messiah on the seaport to to this other area, right? Then check this out. It yeah. says, then that night, Paul had a vision and a man from Ma uh, Macedonia in the northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia to help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once and concluded that God was calling us to, to preach the good news there. So this is an interesting story to me. And it's kind of been a, a theme in like my life of, you know, if you're doing something wrong, which we were doing something wrong with messenger streaming. And if you get prevented, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't sometimes give up. It just means that God's actually course correcting you. So it, it even says here mm -hmm. that like, it says that because, okay, so for the first one, it said that they had prevented them preaching the world, the province of Asia at that time. 
So it didn't even want, they didn't want to like, God didn't want them there at that time. But what's interesting is God kept directing them until they went the right way. So they would try one thing and then it, it was stopped. We tried messenger X and it was stopped. We tried messenger courses mm. and then it was stopped. Then we really had a vision and our vision was for messenger X to merge everything to bring this one thing that I was telling you about, I mentioned it really quickly, cloud library and translating um, books. And what if we started translating yeah. courses and gave these people around the world the most high-end courses that we can make and they're just translated in their own languages? And what if we took all these books and we translated them? What if we took all these other things and we translated it and we did it on an app and it was a beautiful app and we spent so much time, we invest in it. And we once we got that vision and ran with that that's the thing that god is like really blessed and god we, we really felt like god gave us like that vision and so it was so cool because you know obviously we were going one way and it wasn't the right way but god helped stop us going back to what we were talking about earlier is about proverbs 19 it's it's very similar you know many are the plans in man's heart but the lord will guide their steps and i don't want you know people to be afraid of trying something because they maybe haven't had a vision mm-hmm. but a lot of times you need to try certain things and understand which is the correct way to go. You have to kind of keep on hammering at it. And so, yeah, yeah, that's, that's how messenger X came about. We kind of kept going. So in a more general sort of sense for you, yes, Alec, because you by your own admission, been an idea guy, right? And I'm an idea guy. Like I have notebooks full of ideas. Mm-hmm. I've got whiteboards full of ideas. What are the ones that stick mm. And, and maybe that you're even in your own life that you've processed through and it's been a matter of course correction. And what are some of the ones and you've recognized where maybe this wasn't the right idea or maybe it wasn't the right time for the right mm. idea. Uh, maybe it's the right idea and it's not the right time. So how, how do you make those determinations? Yeah. Well, I would say it's, it's multiple things. Um, sometimes you're going to have just a feeling that like, Hey, this, like, I have to do this. Like, like, like this is something that like, I just Mm -hmm. need to do. You're going to have that feeling sometimes, which is always a great thing because then it's, it just feels like you have such good clarity. Um, I have found in my life, what's really helped me with understanding the right idea, because I know there's certain people out there who may feel like they actually might get too many ideas and they don't know what to do with all these ideas. Um, I found that having, um, wise counsel around me has really helped. So people who really know me, um, actually my wife and I, we're we're even working on something right now and it's an idea that we're very excited about. And I've had somebody who is a wise counsel around me who literally is like, Alex, sometimes you can be very future thinking and you can actually try to go way too far with an idea and you actually need to scale it back and work on the small amount first, and then you can scale and do this really big thing. So for me, sometimes futuristic thinking is, so, so being too futuristic is a problem for me that just like you, Jeff, having all these great ideas, sometimes I can take them to the nth degree and I can see so clearly the end, but then I can maybe mess up the whole process because I can see everything sometimes too far and it may not be clear to other people so i would say wise counsel who are around you who who may know now this this wise counsel you need to be very careful with with who you have around you 
um, because you want to make sure they're not people who are just going to crush ideas. They're going to be people who, who can protect an idea, yeah. but then also protect and understand you and understand that actually a lot of times your greatest strengths can actually be a, a hidden weakness. Actually, most of our strengths can actually be a weakness. Mm-hmm. So I would say these maybe three things to answer your question, because that's a great question. And it's always going to be a little bit different. A, sometimes there's just a knowing that you need to do something. B, you need to have wise counsel. And then C, a lot of times you just need to sit on certain ideas and not sit on it as in like you just never work on it. Like sometimes you need to sit on ideas and there's something within a business term called a MVP, which is a minimum viable product. That's what an MVP stands for within um, the business world. And so what that means is, is you actually make the simplest version of your product. Um, so uh, if you make the simplest version of your product and you test it, that's a great thing. So you kind of like, don't try to go all out the gate for like this really elaborate, amazing thing, but you try to make just like this simple little version of it. And then you go right ahead and you, you start putting that in front of people. And um, it's designed to kind of, as my wife even likes to say too, because she's very business minded, it, it's designed to fail forward. And so whenever it fails forward, that means it's going to fail, but then you can figure out and you can learn from it. So I would say a lot of times, if you get an idea, just try the smallest portion of this idea that like you can and test it. And you might be like, nah, this is, this is a bad idea. Or you might be like, wow, wait a minute. I'm learning actually something else about this idea. This idea is actually solving a completely another thing that I didn't even realize. But now I need to, now I'm feeling like I need to go for that. And that's exactly what happened. If we look at those steps there, that's exactly what happened with messenger streaming. We made a minimal viable product. We're like, Hey, we're going to try to just put these things on there. We didn't try to do the whole, everything that messenger's ever done. That's what I wanted to do. Uh, with messenger streaming, but we're like, we, we didn't do everything. We literally just started, Hey, we're going to do a few courses and we're just going to see how this works. And we learned a lot and we failed forward and it did fail. Right. And so I feel like that's a solid answer, um, to help somebody yeah. get off the ground with, with their ideas. That's great. Yeah. No, it's really great. I, I want to say kind of right here a little yes, bit sir. and talk about technology. Sure. Um, you don't have to call me sir. I'm not that old. I know I'm, I got a little gray in the you know beard, what? but don't worry about it. Kind. It was a compliment. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. No, I'm um, sorry. I'm sorry the, about that. Sir. I feel like I feel like the church. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. Um, I know your big brother. I can sit, get him on. That's here, right. So. Uh, the church always feels behind on some things, right? Uh, technology on advancements on things moving forward, but the same point is sometimes we have some things that are ancient practices that are great how does the church balance this sort of current modern world of things like technology mm-hmm. and the capacity like messenger x to get the word around the go- the whole gospel around the world in sort of this need for us to be in person still mm-hmm. real life authentic kind of expressions i feel like there's a real tension right now in the church about where we're going to go with technology mm-hmm. How, how do you see that playing out? Hmm. Man, that's a it's a very interesting question because technology, I think, is changing so fast. 
Um, it even sometimes, just to be completely honest, it, it scares me sometimes because I know that you yeah. can put so many resources into something and the the playing field just boom changes and like everything changes really quick. Mm-hmm. But I want to make sure I understand the question. And by the way, if I call you sir again, uh, it's just a habit. So I, I literally even call. That's fine. It's okay. Forgiveness. My team members. Like, right, perfect. No great, here. great. I was about to say I'm messenger. Actually, you can listen to the beta saying that. But, but anyways. Um, okay. So I want to make sure I understand the question. Are you saying how do we use these avenues of technology? Or are you saying is it okay to use these avenues of technology? Or Well, I, it's okay. I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I think how do we use them and how do we guard sort of the ancient practices at the same time? Because mm. let me give you an yeah. example. Um in 2020, we all went online with church, mm-hmm. like, and every church went online because we had mm-hmm. to. And there were lots of pundits in the Christian world saying that online church was the next form of church. And I think what happened is those pundits are now saying, hey, it's a great front, front door, but people still want to gather and be together. Mm-hmm. We need to be together, right? And as we come from Pentecostal charismatic settings, so we know being in the room and somebody praying for you and some of those expressions are impactful that you can't get through a screen. So how do we maybe balance mm. this incredible tool of technology with sort of some of the ancient practices we have of, of the gospel and being together? Yeah. I think that's always going to be the rub. And I think that that rub actually is important. And this may not be an answer that, you know, Jeff, you may like, or the answer or, or the listeners may like as well but that rub i'd say is actually important if you think about the mm. the technology or the new technology of the day for even the apostles the new technology of those days was technically the romans road so it was brand new that mm-hmm. everything was getting connected i mean obviously it wasn't connected in the way that we even think about connection here um in this time frame of we think of connection of as and like the internet and how it's connecting everything but the Roman roads was very a crazy advancement of technology that now these roads were made and they were strong roads and they were connecting everyone together. Then also the new whole idea and thinking of, hey, now we need to not just go to the temple to learn, but we need to take the word on the road and actually create the temple everywhere and that the temple of the Lord is actually within people. Um, and that we are temples and then now we need to go, we need to create all these different churches. And so I almost feel like probably the apostles were dealing with the same question as well of, well, shouldn't there be a temple? Like, shouldn't there be a place that everyone goes and like there, we have the sacred, we have a sacred mm-hmm. altar and we have a sacred, you know, like whatever. And they, they, they were probably dealing with this question just, just in a different realm. And obviously one of them wasn't right over the other because you still see um, Peter and John going to the temple to pray and worship. You still see them, you know, and one of the most amazing miracles happens just on the way, even going into the temple of the man who I believe it was Peter stretches out his hand and says, silver gold, I cannot give you, but by the power of God, like stand up and walk, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And then that created all this crazy, amazing, um, you know, turn of events, but that was all because he was doing something that was an old traditional thing to do as well. So I think there's always going to be that important rub. I think in person 
is very important. I'm not going to say that we should not be in person. I think it's very important. Heck, I would say you need to also have, you know, your own small groups, you know, in person. I know that my wife and I, we've been very impacted by small groups, but then we also go to church, but then we also even stream another church. I mean, it's pretty crazy for us because we actually love streaming this one church and we've never even been to this church. And, uh, it's not our normal church that, that we go to in person, but we love it because we get um, so fed by the word of the Lord and the person who is, is uh, the pastor who's preaching just really gets deep into the, the studies of the word and things like that. And so we just love listening, but yet we've never attended that church and we still attend a church. So I'm not the best person to answer this question because I actually think the rub, the rub is going to be the the good thing. And I still think we need to be in person and we still need to utilize technology. I I think that's a great answer. And I think it's kind of a great stopping point for us. One final question for you, Alec. The show is called The Collective's Conversations. So who is one person, historical, present day, fictional, or real life that you would want to sit down and have a conversation with? Gotcha. Mm, that's a good question present day man i'm loving andrew huberman um i'm really big into uh i'm really big into health things um but i almost feel like i get to have a conversation with andrew huberman because he's also a podcaster just like you jeff you're basically andrew huberman um if if if, if you don't know who he is you need to look him up (laughs) yeah but uh i will will. but um no uh i would probably say it'd have to be somebody from ancient times I would love to sit down and talk with actually Marcus Aurelius. And if uh, the listeners don't know who Marcus Aurelius is, he was one of the four really um, great emperors that ruled Rome. And it seems like he was actually very heavily even impacted by even Christianity at the time. Um, Mm. Just from even reading through some of his uh, works, like it, it, it seems like, He's kind of wrestling even with Christianity, but I I find him very fascinating for this one reason, that he was a man who ruled the world at the time. I mean, he literally ruled the whole world, but the, as in the whole known world, but he still chose to be yeah. really disciplined and he chose really to um, seek uh, wisdom and understanding and he didn't gorge himself like all these other um, emperors did and so i don't know i think it'd be really cool to talk to a man like that because i know that i could probably learn a lot just because i feel like uh, nowadays we as humans we have access to literally everything we have access to the entire world and mm-hmm. so we kind of almost need to be careful with how we spend even our every single day because we can gorge ourselves and literally everything in the world if we wanted to so Excellent. yeah that's an awesome answer well, man, thanks for taking time. It's been so great to have you on the yeah. show. It's been great to connect with you and more than just in uh, Rob's Jeep through the streets of Nashville. Right. And as we always say here at the show, you've got to see at the table. Thanks, Alec. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, friends. Thank you for joining us on another incredible episode of the Collectives Conversations podcast. If you enjoyed today's discussion and want to stay connected to the Collectives Conversation, make sure to follow us on your preferred podcast platform. If something in the show really spoke to you, tag me on Instagram at Jeff underscore Pitts underscore. It would mean so much if you take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It goes a long way into shaping the future of our episodes and reaching a broader audience. 
We'll see you next week at the table for another great conversation. And be sure to check our follow-up episode titled Things I Learn every Tuesday following that week's episode. Remember, you have a seat at the table.